Hey guys, I am here with Dolly from Iowa and Dolly is a dear friend of ours. She's been to uh, some live events that we've done and we've had some fun palling around with her in St. Augustine for a couple of days. And what other, sh- what, uh, uh, Atchison, you were at the Sally house, which I was just talking Sally to house. about a friend. Yeah. You came to Sally house with us and, uh, Bobby so Maggie. yeah, it's a, Bobby Mackey's. Oh, that's right. I forgot you went to Bobby. We went and hung yeah. out at Bobby Mackey's that night too. Yeah. Oh man. We've had fun. We have. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, Dolly, you, you have been on before and you, you shared a couple of stories, one of which was about your, your brother, which was very touching. Uh, and we tied in, obviously, the story that you had with the, uh, uh, the Vietnam Memorial. Uh, so you, you never disappoint. Uh, and you also <laughs> talked about uh, uh, spring in Texas, uh, yes. old spring. So you've got, you've had some awesome stories. So when you told me the other day that, Hey, I've had, I got an experience that I only am going to share with you. I was anxious to get you on as soon as possible. And first of all, we appreciate the fact that you reached out to us first when you had something, because I know you're in with a lot uh, of shows. And and of course you actually hooked us up with our Troy Taylor interview, which uh, right. I can't be more thankful from. So uh, or four, I should say. So I'm I'm excited to hear what you got for us tonight. But before we get into your story, you are a huge Leonard Skinner fan. And I know when we were in St. Augustine, uh, you made the trip up to Jacksonville to uh, to check out some stuff. Some uh, I think you tried to check out the uh, the cemetery and stuff then. But you just went back and actually went all in depth. Tell me about what you did this uh, last trip to Jacksonville. Oh, man, was, this is this is so great. Um, I was down with a friend that was conferencing during the day. So he just rented me a rental car and I just went off on my, my own tour. And I found out where uh, Ronnie Van Zant's house was. And I mean, this is just a sheer luck. I go past it and there's a, a sign out front, you know, it's a, um, a historical site now because the Van Zant's, you know, lived there and the gate was open and because it's all fenced off and there was a, a truck sitting in the driveway. So I thought I pulled into the driveway through the gate. And I, <laughs> of course like, you did. Of course I did. And so I'm, like, I'm going to take a picture. And this guy walks out the front door and I thought, oh, I'm in trouble now. And he looks over at me. And he says, do you want me to move the truck so you can get a better picture? And I Aww. said, are you? are you serious? And he says, well, absolutely. So he pulls it up and I'm taking a few pictures and I start talking and it, it was evident really fat, really quick that I was a fan and I knew about him. I wasn't just this fly by night, you know I mean? I, I knew a lot about him. So we got a conversation going and then he's like, well, would you like to see inside? And I'm like, oh my are, goodness. are you serious? So he's like, yeah, come on in. You know, so we, he's showing me all the rooms, you know, all the memorabilia in there talking about it. Um, he happens to be the caretaker for the, for the place. Come to find out they're going to make a, a memorial outside the cemetery where uh, Ronnie is buried. And he is actually, it's going to be carved into, I believe, granite. And he is actually the artist that drew the work that's going to be on the stone. And so of course we became quick friends you know we're friends now on facebook and you know talk all the time about it he gave me a few pointers of places where to go so i found the jug you know the song uh cutting the rug down at a place called the jug well i found the jug went in there got some pictures taken 
um, I went on my mission to find where he was actually buried. Um, there was the first one, the mausoleum, where it got mm-hmm. broken into. And then he was moved from there to another cemetery where he was buried with his family. And then sometime this last December, out of nowhere, uh, his wife in the middle of the night digs him up and moves him again. And it was pretty obvious because you could see where the, you know, it had been all dug up and the headstone was gone. And, and then it was on find a grave, you know, um, un, undisclosed uh, location. Um, but through Eric Eiler, who I became friends with, um, he kind of led me to where I might find where he is now. So I did. <laughs> so I, I, I was, uh, I, I wound up visiting all three of uh, Ronnie Van Zant's <laughs> graves. Um, went to the area where the hell house was. It's all built up. It's like multi-million dollar homes there now. And I think, oh my God, Ronnie would be laughing his ass off. They had a little shack in the woods where Leonard Skinner became Leonard Skinner. And now that same property has got multi-million dollar homes built on it. It's it, But back in the area, the, the, the construction people, um, the developer, he's got um, Freebird Lane, He's got gone, gone Tuesday. I mean, just different streets, you know, oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. In memory of them. Actually the lot that um, hell house stood on was the last to sell. And um, I, oh, I wanted so bad, so bad to get back there and see it before it was developed, but it's a gated community with all the surveillance and stuff. And Jerry, you know me, I was almost tempted <laughs> when the gates opened. <laughs> I almost, I almost followed somebody in, but then I thought, well, then then the police are going to show up and that's going to be ugly. So I I didn't do it. Um, But the lot, the lot alone where the, where somebody's going to build this house just sold for $298,000. They're going to build, (laughs) they're going to build a house on this lot, what they, what they paid for it. So, but yeah, I went and found uh, the Almond Brothers house, um, found just, all kinds of things. I'm probably missing stuff. Oh, I went to the Ronnie Van Zant uh, Memorial Park, which is 90 acres of just total beauty and just everything family oriented. It was it was really great. Um, does his daughter does his daughter Melody still live uh, in that area? Do you know? She's passed away now. She's, I did not know that. Yeah, she's she died of cancer, and actually, from where she is located, um, I didn't find this out until after I got home, but from where she's located, you can almost see where, where Ronnie is now. Um, and I thought, Oh, I was so close, you know, but I did, I didn't realize it until after, you know, I got home, but yeah, it was, and went to a, a rock revival concert down on Jacksonville beach. And of course, all day long, they were playing Leonard Skinner songs and stuff. And we sat down at the evening to watch the concert and uh, they go on stage and it's like, we'd like, we'd probably like to announce our, you know, our uh, sponsor for tonight. It's AARP. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. (laughs) There were other sponsors, of course, but I thought it was hilarious that AARP was sponsoring this rock revival for well, it is Florida, so they could sponsor <laughs> almost anything down here. That's so what true. about, so that was, that was Ronnie's house. Was was that adult Ronnie's house or childhood Ronnie's house? That was the house where all the Van Zants, all the boys were born and raised. Um, his dad 
actually, uh, Lacey, he actually lived there till he died. Um, and that was, mm, it wasn't that long ago. I, I don't want to say a date because I'd, I'd be wrong. Um, but he lived in, and Ronnie, when Ronnie was alive, tried everything he could to get his dad out of that house to, you know, get him into a nice home, you know, because it's, it's rough. I mean, when they say it's in shantytown it is shantytown i mean it's 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 a rough area jacksonville that that it's in um there of course are like everywhere else property is property and somebody's going to develop it within blocks one way or another there's townhouses and stuff going up but the actual area where the van zant house sits it's it's still pretty sketchy (laughs) so all right. So I'm sure some of our listeners are probably like, are they going to get to some ghost or not? Or are they going to get some paranormal or not? So, all right. So, you know, I can sit and talk music with you all day long, as we right. found out at Bobby Mackey's. But right. you've right, got a, you, this story, it, it, it's it's a, it's not a huge story, but it's it's just it's just so cool. I mean, in the amount of people that I mean, there was three of us that witnessed the things that happened. And it's just it's just a very cool story. All right. Well, don't keep us in suspense any longer. Out with it. Okay. Well, um, I recently had started dating a gentleman and he's n- has nothing to do with the paranormal and stuff. So as a gift for the, I bought him, it's called, let's see, I'm looking at it right now. It's the Iowa road guide to haunted locations. And <laughs> of course you did. Of, of course I did. He's got to know what he's doing. Right. So <laughs> by Chad Lewis and uh, Terry Fisk, there's a whole series of these actually they're just the midwest area and i actually got to meet chad um several times and had conversations with him but they're very like very small uh, little clips places to go so it was an afternoon i i had gone up to tom's house and you know it's beautiful let's go do something so he actually has this book sitting on the on his uh, stand next to the table I mean next to his chair and so he flips through and he says well let's go to Mount Hope Cemetery and I'm like you're really gonna do this aren't you and he's like well yeah you know let's go for a ride so it's in Madrid Iowa which is in the middle of nowhere which has population 2000 and so we drive out there and we're driving around and and and, well you know what we need to um, look for the older tombstones because that's probably because there's allegedly there's a girl named Sarah. She's eight years old. She's a prankster. She likes to tug on clothes, um, make sounds, you know, just spook people. And they go, well, and it was 1800s, I believe was when she was buried. So I'm like, well, let's find the older section. So we, we went to the older section. There was an area, it wasn't really a driveway, but you could tell cars had driven on it. So it wasn't like we were driving over anybody's graves. So we, we drove back there and he took the keys out of the car and um, he says, do you want me to lock it? I said, no, I think we're safe. <laughs> so he <laughs> says, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to put him here in the cup holder. So he puts him in the cup holder. He gets out and he's about six foot in front of the car. I'm probably six foot on the other side. And I said, well, let's see if we can find Sarah's grave. All of a sudden, beep, the horn goes off on the vehicle and i'm like first i'm thinking why did he lock that door and then i thought <laughs> wait a minute the keys are in the cup holder we were nowhere near the vehicle so we walk over all the doors are locked 
keys are sitting in the cup holder. Oh, so we're, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, <laughs> an hour from anyone I know trying to figure, all right, what are we going to do now? So he's trying to find a locksmith. I get on the line and this, I kid you not. I call the local police. Don't want to call 911 because it's not an emergency emergency. Right. So I, I call the local police. I get a recording saying we're out of the office. Please leave a message. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a small town. So we look up the, the road and we see um, a Dollar General. So we look, well, let's walk up there, see if we can get some help. Long story around this, hour later, we, I, I, through many calls and talking to many people, I find an auto guy that says, you know, I'll come out and get your keys out. So we waited about a half hour. So um, we're walking around. I said, well, let's still, let's see if we can find. We were within spitting distance of Sarah's grave. It was like, like four headstones ahead of where this vehicle got the doors locked. So okay, well, like, you can oh, spit farther than I can then. <laughs> well, all right. So I'm like, that's, that's probably true. So I'm thinking, okay, this, this is not funny. You know, this is not funny. So then a truck pulls up and it's a police officer. And I thought, well, this is great. You know, the police finally got, what comes to find out the auto guy knows the police. And so he cell phoned him and told him. And so they come out and find us. So the officer is out there and I feel this need to explain to this officer why we are in the middle of a cemetery in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he's, oh yeah, I know all about Sarah. I said, you do? He says, I get calls out here all the time about stuff that happens with Sarah. So I thought, well, this is, this is crazy. So he gets his, you know, all his tools out to break into the car. He pushes the button. It will not, the, the unlock button, it will not unlock. He hits it, hits it, hits it, will not unlock. So then he tries to fish the keys out through the cup holder and, of course, can't do that. So then he gets a hold of the handle and he pulls it back all the way as if I were in the vehicle and pulled the handle back. The door still will not open. And he says, I've never had a vehicle that I couldn't break into. And so I walk over on the other side, I'm over on the passenger side and I'm looking through and, you know, his last ditch effort, he, you know, the, the plungers on the vehicle mm -hmm. now that you can't really get a hold of them. You know, they're just like straight up and down. So he goes ahead and tries to do that. And he tries first time, nothing happens. We're not expecting a lot to happen by that. And I stepped back and I said, all right, Sarah, this is not funny. I said, you know, okay. You've had your fun. It's time to let us go. The officer, whoop, the door is unlocked. <laughs> so we're like, well, thank you, Sarah. You know? And so, but then we get in and we're, we, you know, we're talking about it a little bit and stuff. And then we said, and uh, I said, do you think Sarah locked the door? And he's, and Tom says, well, you know, I'm not going to question it, but I think we should thank her for unlocking the door. So we did. So then we're driving along and I started thinking. Okay, you know your fob, you know if you push mm -hmm. it once, it locks. If you push it twice is when the horn goes off. So um, Tom is an ex-trial uh, lawyer, so he's all about the evidence. So he's like, okay, it was sitting in the cup holder, it settled down, you know, the key hit the, hit the fob, it blanked. But how did that fob get pushed twice? That was, that was 
it's like you can push it once and it locks. You got to push it twice to engage the alarm and lock the doors. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Sarah had a hand in that, that day. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky because my car won't lock if the keys are inside of it. Well, see, that's, that's the other thing. Cause the officer said, well, you're, we ha- haven't tried it since. And he said that he said, most cars won't lock if the fob's inside, but I haven't tried to see if I could do that. But I just, I just thought it was just crazy that we were right by her grave. We were talking about her and then the, the car gets locked. And then I say, Sarah, you know, it's funny, but it's not funny. You need to let us go. And he unlocked it. That's funny. So I told you it was a little story, but it was it was a good story. It's a pretty cool experience, though. Well, yeah, I mean, because there was absolutely no explanation for it when neither of us were anywhere near the vehicle and the keys were inside. For that fob to get pushed twice to lock. Now now I'm going to have to get that book since I realized it's got little things like that in there. Oh, you know, he's got a uh, Chad Lewis has got a whole it's all Midwestern. It's like Minnesota um michigan you know but the whole book and there's each each place this is mount hope um cemetery and madrid but um each place that he goes to and he actually he is a boots on the ground guy he goes to these places and he's kind of like a troy you know i mean he Mm -hmm. he does his research he doesn't just google things and find things out and each place that he goes it's probably two three pages long maybe four at the most so it just gives you a little snippet of what's going on. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stories, a lot of good stories in it. So that was awesome. my, short, that was my short, but, but unexplained story of, of Sarah in the graveyard. Well, it was a fun story. So I'm glad you shared it with us. Yes. <laughs> and when, when did this happen? Um, it was the 27th of March because okay, it was, so- actually my granddaughter had gotten baptized that day and it was that afternoon that we decided to head up i did call my son because i thought my son could come get us and then take us back to tom's house to drive to get the the other keys but this this is about an hour and a half commitment we're asking him to do um and he was out of town so he couldn't do it and i just i just could not get the guts up to call my daughter (laughs) I mean, I don't think she'd ever let me forget that. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. All right, Dolly, I appreciate it. And as usual, we love you and you're you're always will be one of our favorites. Oh, well, hey, can't wait to see you on the cruise. I don't think that I'll be seeing you before that. But if 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 not, I'll see you then. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. All right. Bye bye.